This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Faye Littlemore, Commercial Director in Northern Europe at Outbrain. Faye, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Hi, thanks very much for having me. Great. So, okay, let's set the stage first. If you think about what are the things we humans have been doing from very early on, from the prehistoric times. You may bring up things like setting up a fire, cooking, hunting, yeah, doing groceries isn't precisely hunting, but it still kind of counts. Uh, But here's one more, storytelling. This is what we were doing as we sat around a campfire before radio, before TV, YouTube, Netflix, you name it. It's been the thing that always gave us something to ponder, worry, or laugh about. So what is storytelling today and how it applies to app marketing, especially now during the COVID-19 pandemic? And to answer this question today for us, we have Faye from Outbrain. So before doing all that, let's begin with something else. Faye, please tell the audience about yourself, your background. Oh, hi there. Okay. So I have been the commercial director at Outbrain for the last sort of 18 months. And prior to that, I headed up the sales team across brands and agencies. But in total, I've worked at Outbrain for the last four years. Prior to that, my background was working more at traditional publishers. So I worked at uh, News UK, the Metro Group. So very much kind of, I guess, connecting brands and marketers to specific audiences. Obviously, that was very uh, aligned with the demographic these titles and the content was created for. And moving across to Outbrain, I think the thing that interested me most was rather than selling a specific audience, it was about connecting many audiences with with content um, and stories that interested them. So I guess the move for me was selling a moment, which we would call discovery, rather than purely just selling an audience, uh, as I had done at traditional publishers. So I guess in a nutshell, that's that's kind of my history uh, and my experience with working with marketers and, and storytelling to date. Right. So just for the sake of the audience, uh, probably there's one or two person who doesn't know what is Outbrain. So if you pull up your uh, iPad, open any publication you love to read, pull up the article up, you'll see at the bottom of the article, most likely, if you related articles that is related in, in a topic about the one you just uh, You've been reading them. And this is what is Outbrain. The the company brings you a lot of relevant content that you will like if you have a specific interest. For sure. Okay. So I guess that's one way of looking at Outbrain. I think that what a lot of people don't know and understand is actually when we started 13 years ago, we were a publisher tool first. Um, So we started working with publishers, uh, installing our technology on their site to help them keep audiences engaged. So in that moment that you'd finished an article and you wanted to read something else from your favorite publisher, the Outbrain technology would look through a set of algorithms, understand your browsing history, and recommend an article to you 
uh, organically from that publisher that you're very likely to be interested in as well. Um, within those first couple of years, we realized that there was an opportunity for marketers to tap into that interest data set as well. And that's where we opened up our feed of recommendation to include not just organic uh, publisher content, but also marketer publisher content. So stories from everyone from Audible, Discover Books in a Whole New Way, to Blinkist, uh, Why Successful People Read Books and You Should Too. Lots of app marketers have been working with us for a very, very long, long time to, to connect with audiences and, and utilize that interest data as well. So yeah, you, I mean, you summed it up perfectly. You know, you go to one of your favorite trusted premium publishers, either for news, opinion, lifestyle, everything from CNN to The Guardian to even Lab Bible, and you'll see a feed of recommendation on your phone or your tablet or your desktop, relevant to you and relevant to what you want to discover next. And that's, that's the Outbrain Smart Feed technology. Right. Now you see why Faye is so perfect person to talk about storytelling. <laughs> All right. So yeah, let's get back to storytelling. So what is it in general and how would you define it for marketing specifically and why it's important? Okay. So I think you did a really nice introduction to, to storytelling and how I guess content marketing came about in the first place. So, you know, everything from telling cave people how to make fires and scribing things on the wall. I guess storytelling has always been a value exchange between the creator and the audience or the user, right? And storytelling in its simplest form that we're used to now is, is conveying a message that resonates with an audience. And that's usually with a beginning and a middle and an end. And I think with marketing, particularly digital marketing, across environments that we look to inform, entertain, and inspire us. We don't have that same kind of formative luxury that, say, a book or a film does. So I guess with marketing and storytelling, it's important that that ability to resonate with your audience up front is probably the most important element when it comes to producing great stories as marketers. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect summary. I just want to give the audience a quick example of what is storytelling in very general, broad sense. If you ever heard the talks from the TED Talk series, Every single TED, TED speaker, he's basically a, a storyteller. He's, so he's giving the audience a specific story about, he, could, he can be a scientist, author, politician, anybody, and he's conveying his story within this 20, 30 minutes of his TED talk. This is like the high bar for storytelling. So now, do you think storytelling is something that can be taught or it's either you have it or not, and it's impossible to get the skill? I think the ability to form a story and construct a message is definitely something that can be taught and people can obviously learn and, and look for tactics to, to form a great story online. But when it comes to kind of the messaging and the creative behind a story, I think that it's something that you need to dial back to actually being able to understand your audience. So it's less about learning a skill when it comes to content and more about asking questions to inform what sort of content you might want to create for that audience. Often things like insights can actually be the answers. And they're actually probably the best place to start creating what we would suggest is the best tool for a marketer, which is creating empathy. So something that's going to resonate with the audience that you want to speak to and actually working back from that. So I think some of the best marketing stories that I've seen are probably the ones that if I asked you, you know, think about an advert from your childhood that you remember, think about, you know, seeing something on the TV that reminded you of Christmas and, and resonated with you. We think about Coca-Cola. We think about, you know, the Dairy Milk Gorilla. And I think, you know, those brands really thought about how they wanted to resonate with audiences with, with joy, um, particularly around a festive period or, or the way that chocolate makes you feel. So I think definitely being able to understand the end goal 
the, the story that you want to tell your audience, but more importantly, the, the, the story that your audience wants to discover is probably the best place to start with creative. And I don't think that can necessarily be taught. I think it's something that needs to be informed. And, and great marketers are the ones that look for data, for insights, and for feedback from their audience before they even think about putting pen to paper. So it's more of a, you should have a kind of a talent for storytelling to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. I think being able to inspire people is probably something that it's not necessarily something that can be taught. I think fundamentally, some people will always struggle to, to create an empathy, but certainly being able to structure a story is, is something that we can teach. And I think that being able to structure a great story, as I said, can be something that can be informed by data, by insights and understanding who your audience is and helping that shape the story that you want to tell. All right, great. So let's be even more specific. So moving on. Uh, to storytelling for app marketing. Mm-hmm. How does it fit into app marketing strategy, what we were just uh, talking about? So I, I think it does really, really build upon that. I think there are so many apps out there. You know, at the APS this week, we did an app, uh, a webinar with Lifesum. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think just before the, the panel, I did a short introduction to native for apps and how app marketers can leverage native. And one of the key things is that there are so many apps out there. There are set to be, you know, double down year on year, the amount of competition that app marketers are going to have, you know, whatever your category. So being able to actually create cut through with the story that you tell is is going to become more important than ever. So telling the story of the value proposition, the reason why your app is the one that's going to make my life easier, my life better, how it's going to make me more efficient or keep me entertained. Being able to tell those stories upfront to audiences will not just obviously ensure that they go and want to download your app, but actually understanding that value proposition, how that app is going to better inform or, or improve their life will mean that they, they make that app part of their day-to-day. So I think that, you know, just top-line stats, we download between 80 and 90 apps to our phones, right? Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. use only 30 of them. So it's very easy in a world of apps to get someone to download your app but actually being able to make sure that you are part of someone's day-to-day, you're a go-to app, you're one of those 30 apps that people open day in and day out. Being able to tell a story and resonate with your audience up front with your marketing gives you much better chance of being one of those chosen 30. Yeah, I see. So this is the perfect technique to combat this uh, disease for app industry, which is churn rate, when you see that yeah. the majority of apps are being stopped used uh, after a few days. So the numbers are sometimes really scary uh, for any, any app marketer who comes into the market with his new mm-hmm. app and he's seeing like, okay, people are stuck with three, four apps on a daily basis, the, the apps they're using really uh, heavily. So well, what am I doing? How can I persuade them to... Uh, add his or her own app to his daily life and storytelling. This is the way how you can connect emotionally with these people and tell them, give them the reason why. That's basically kind of a the major theme behind storytelling in that marketing. Exactly, exactly. And I think this goes back to what I'm saying earlier. By telling them why, you really do need to think about who your target audience is and, and shape a story that will resonate with them. Audiences want these stories. They don't just want great product features or special offers up front. What they want to understand is why they will have a long-term connection with this app. And I think, you know, we're in quite a fortuitous position that as a, as a network outbrain, audiences discover us on very premium publisher environments. And, you know, there's lots of research we've conducted some of our own and eMarket has done something about, you know, audiences that discover brands, products, apps, 
in premium publisher environments are more likely to not just trust their app because of obviously the adjacency to trusted content, but also they're more likely to to purchase them because it's found Mm -hmm. in a place that they trust and and, and know and are familiar with as well. And I think, you know, search and social still is taking so much of app marketing budgets. And I think, you know, particularly when we think about getting that cut through, being able to tell stories in an environment that people make time for and take time for, you know, premium publishers and native are really important to consider not just telling great stories, but, you know, as marketers, putting those stories in the right places as well. Exactly. We're all under this influence of COVID-19 pandemic one way or the other. How would you suggest to marketers to adopt their app marketing storytelling in this new reality now? Well, I would say very simply that empathizing with your audience is still the core of what you should be doing with your storytelling. But that empathy and that thing that's resonating with your audience has changed because the world has changed. You know, as I said, we, we did the, the webinar with Life Sum earlier and we talked a lot about their top forming headlines in terms of, you know, the headlines they use to get people to download this great health and well-being app. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, across Christmas and New Year, their storytelling really resonated, right? It was how to yeah. better your life, how to lose weight um, with keto diets, with these diets that are quite specific. And all of a sudden, of course, what we're, we're forced with living in lockdown and, and social distancing is that, you know, that message is simply not going to resonate with me anymore if I'm someone who wants to be healthy and look after myself. Instead, I probably want to understand, you know, home hacks, you know, how I can eat healthily at home, how I can ensure that my family um, is getting the exercise that they need. And so the story that they need to tell still mm. will resonate, but the story has changed. We also work with a lot of, you know, like language apps and learning apps, everyone's some sort of babble to Duolingo. Uh, and previously, I guess the stories that they would tell would be around, you know, you can, you can learn a new language really easily, you know, mm-hmm. listen to how to learn a language on your way to work. We're not commuting yeah. anymore. So the story needs to change. And instead, I guess, when we, when we talk to our clients like that, we're trying to give them that, that insights and that data about the content that people are are engaging with and being able to help that inform the types of stories that they should be telling right now instead. So, you know, school's out, but kids can learn a new language while helping you with the chores is probably a great story for someone who's looking for that extra thing to do with their kids now that they can't be at school taking exams and being in the classroom the way they should be. So, so put simply, I guess that the pandemic is impacting brand marketing quite a bit. And I think the one thing, the no-no in storytelling during this particular period would be pushing your own agenda discounting apps, targeting people with, you know, why this is the the best-selling app right now. People aren't interested. Instead, pull marketing, telling people why your app can be making a difference to their life in this uncertain time is probably the best thing to be doing right now as an app marketer. So today, uh, the golden rule of marketing, uh, know your audience, know what these people want, continues to be true. Just uh, try to walk in their shoes and be human, be sympathetic just um, absolutely yeah, be human first not a merchant yeah for sure now can you give us just a few examples of storytelling for app or apps that you saw recently thought well it was really cool so i think this is less about a specific marketer i guess it's more about kind of a, a category i think that you know the top tens the app store uh, leaderboard and the Android leaderboard at the moment is really quite telling. There are a lot of apps that are being downloaded that uh, enable connectivity, um, mm-hmm. whether this be for business at home or with family members you can't see. And I think being able to tailor your messaging 
to, you know, again, resonate with people with a value proposition is something the likes of Slack and Zoom and Microsoft Teams have done really well. I can see that images that are being used in adverts have changed as well. So it's less about featuring somebody, you know, in business attire, walking down the street, looking at their mobile phone. And instead, it might be someone, you know, in their front room with kids' toys on the floor, looking like they're quite happy because their connection is so great. Um, So I think that the marketers that have worked really, really well have been super agile during this time. Uh, And they, again, they've thought about that value proposition and who their audience actually is right now and what the challenges are that they're facing. I think it's not just kind of B2B marketing that's done this. I think that some of the the brands, not just apps, but brands I've seen doing this really well have been, you know, Samsung recently launched their new phone. And instead of having sort of product messages, I've seen lots of images of family members talking to each other across device. And I think that's really, you know, the sorts of stories that brands should be telling right now. How can we help you during this time? How can we make your life easier? And sometimes just tweaking an image, tweaking a creative to think about who your audience are and what they want is a really, really good place to start with the stories you should be telling during this time. Gotcha, Faye. By the way, I'm still kind of can can't wrap up my head around how Apple will be launching their iPhone this fall, or will they? That's I don't. Well, kind of, who knows? Uh, that's maybe it will be the James Bond of phones, and we'll have to wait for a really long time. <laughs> pro- probable, probable. We have to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know the story about the movie. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's switch to uh, lighter questions. I have a few questions that I ask every guest, and here they are. So are you iOS or Android person? Oh, I'm iOS. Both by choice, but also by sort of, you know, company equipment. We're a Mac company. And I have an Apple Watch as well. So I think, I know, Which it just model? makes my life easier. Uh, my Apple Watch? Yeah. I have, an, I have an old one, actually. I've had it for three years. And I haven't, it does everything that I need. And so when I was uh-huh. doing an upgrade, I actually got my husband, I think it's is it the four or the five. So this is, this is how, like, different times are right now. I'm sitting here working with my husband. Do you have a four or a five to iWatch? He doesn't know. The recent one. The recent one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, I get your point. So do you remember what, what is a first mobile phone? So I actually, my first ever sales job was for Orange. Remember Orange? Before it became uh-huh. EE. And I was a mobile phone salesperson. So I, my first phone that I had that I had brand new, because everything was a hand-me-down prior to that, uh, was a Siemens S35, and then I had a Nokia 3210. Um, I had a Motorola Razor. Um, so the nice thing about working in a mobile phone shop was, A, I remember all the models, and secondly, I got to swap it every six months. So I was a little bit of a of a phone fanatic during my late teens. Yeah, uh, I can give you quick stats from the previous guests. Nokia 3210 is kind of the leader from the old yeah. phones people used yeah. to use. Yeah. Yeah, let's get back to 2020. Uh, What is your favorite app now? I'm probably going to be in line with everybody else. It is Instagram. It's probably my my most used app. But the other app that I use quite a lot, not so much now because I'm using my desktop more, is actually, this is really sad, the Salesforce app. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Because because it's actually really simple to use. It's got a nice user interface. And if I just want to input like an updated conversation or check how my team are doing, you know, closing their opportunities for the week, it's actually a really nice user experience. All right. Now, kind of the opposite question. Can you think of the app that is kind of uh, overrated for you personally? There's a lot of hype about that app, but you kind of believe it's not, it just doesn't deserve it. Okay, so this is less about like the app's capability and more about the fact that I lost momentum after one night. House Party. 
house party. Mm. I got very excited. I got on house party. I spent one evening talking to people I wouldn't do usually, playing games, guac and chips, whatever. And then after that one crazy night house party, every time I get a notification saying someone's in the house, I'm like, eh. I've been to that party. I'm done. So I'm sure if House Party had marketed me and told me more about what it does, maybe I'd be using it long-term. There you go. Yeah, kind of one-off. What are new app technologies uh, are you most excited about? Okay, this is going to be shameless. I'm going to say ours. (laughs) (laughs) Because, okay, so, I mean... Outbrain obviously has evolved a lot. We've been around for 13, 14 years. Um, We went from being that kind of static widget on the bottom of a very desktop-friendly article page to being, you know, the feed of the open web that you see today. So you finish your article and you're scrolling on your mobile phone and you get recommended videos now. You get recommended short-form, long-form. We have carousel formats, so things that, you know, you can browse like a social experience. And -hmm. the thing I'm most excited about is in the next sort of six to eight weeks, we are going to be, it's already in proof of concept, but we've created a new native format for apps specifically. And mm-hmm. it is something that has more of the look or, or the feel of, of an app store uh, landing download page. And it's something that I think is going to connect people that have, you know, they want less of a long story and more of a short story about why this app would be great for them. And I think that this, this new format is going to really um, not only look great in the smart feed, which is obviously has the look and the, fee- the feel of the publisher where it sits, but I think it's also going to open um, more marketing channels for apps within native and within premium publisher environments that we know are, are great for, for app discovering audiences. Before I let you go, before we wrap it up, uh, how people can get to know uh, what you're doing and what Outbrain does? So if you want to know more, obviously there is www.outbrain.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Faye Littlemore. Um, and then the other thing that I have to plug, because I just think it's one of the coolest things that we have, is Brainpower, which is our insights pod. And the hub basically hosts, particularly at the moment, it's interesting, uh, rolling seven-day insights from across our premium publisher network. And as app marketers, you can see where people are discovering particular types of content, what the referring premium publisher categories are. And I think just if you are an app marketer that wants to understand the stories you should be telling right now, being able to understand the kind of pathways and, and where your audiences are coming from is a, is a really nice uh, nice way to look at it. So it's www.outbrain.com forward slash brain power. So it's a great place for app marketers to wrap their brains around, right? Yes. Give you brain power. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast, Faye. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Faye Littlemore, Commercial Director in Northern Europe at Outbrain. To listen to more episodes, uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. If you subscribe, you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please, don't forget to leave us a review or comment. It is highly appreciated. And remember, all episodes will also available on businessofapps.com. Till the next time, bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.